0: Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative.
1: Bay hey, said so you're gonna make some beef jerky. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> All right, welcome to Libservative, the show. It wants to make thinking sexy again, because thinking is hard when you let the corporatists do it for you. He's Corey
1: Walsh. And he's Dan Griffin.
0: And uh, wow. Wow, What a roller coaster of an emotional week we have had. Wow,
1: we, wow.
0: Particularly here in uh, Southeast Michigan. As, first of all, We'll start with the good stuff, which is that the University of Michigan's football team finally, finally broke my sports ED. For those of you that don't know this about me, I actually used to do a sports show and I couldn't do it anymore because it was just too depressing. And yet somehow <laughs> we started this show, which is somehow less depressing.
1: Yeah, right. I know, you went from sports to politics.
0: There we go. Corey's wearing, wearing the hat. Michigan gets a big win over Ohio State. I'll I feel too really long, Ben. Like I, I still have at least like a quarter chub caliber boner going on over that game. The game was beautiful. wasn't Wasn't ready to. Uh, I wasn't ready for it to be over, but I was happy when it was.
1: A running game I haven't seen in like twenty years. <laughs> oh my. God.
0: Actually saying that Hassan Haskins, the uh, Michigan running back, should be in the Heisman running. I thought that was a little After bit too that much. that
1: game? <laughs> oof, I don't know. Yeah, I would say so. Him or Hutchinson?
0: He is. He is in the Heisman. he, he is gonna, in the Heisman? He ain't gonna win it, though.
1: He won't Oh, my it. God. Dan, I was in Florida watching that game by myself. Everyone else was gone at Universal Studios. I opted out to go that day just to watch that game. Were you boy, am up- I fucking glad I did.
0: And you also picked up COVID while you were there.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm a statistic now, Dan. I have COVID. Thank it's God not a re- joke. No, it's not. I really do. Corey Walsh it's, really uh, does have COVID. Can't smell for shit.
0: But what's which interesting is, is weird. It, what's weird. interesting is you sound better this week than you did last week.
1: Yeah, it was almost like basically a week and a half ago at this point. So
0: now we're now we're trying to determine whether or not Corey had COVID last week, went to Florida, gave it to a hundred thousand people while he was there. At Universal whether, Studios. Whether or not he had a cold, and then his immune system sucked, and he picked up COVID while he was in Florida. We don't we don't know. And the I don't mean to sure.
1: trivialize that This stuff does like as evidenced by my own cousin, sure. less than a month ago, did die from it. But yeah, last week, you know, there was one day I didn't feel that good. You know, had a little tiny bit of a cough. But I was outside doing Christmas lights all day. So it's like, oh well, maybe I just feel shitty. But then I felt fine the next two days. And we kinda joked about it. And... But Monday and Tuesday I felt fucking fantastic. I felt great. I went to Florida and uh came back and then on Monday, like I felt fine that whole time, still feel fine, but then on Monday I work in a place that has a lot of smells and I couldn't smell any of them and I was like, ooh, <laughs>
0: It's like a place that has a lot of smells. Yeah.
1: could literally, literally yeah. be anywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, like so we work with like adhesives and MMAs and epoxies and stuff like that. And I'm there and I'm like, ooh, I can't I can't smell any of this.
0: <laughs> Went and bought a
1: personal test, couldn't find a test at home, and or I, mean, I couldn't find a test abroad, so I bought one to take at the house and tested positive. And I've been in quarantine now for two days. And, in uh, other words, you
0: were you were literally huffing glue to figure out whether or not you could actually smell things.
1: <laughs> I was Charlie Day in it, huffing glue, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I can't smell this. Can you smell this? I can't smell this. Can you smell this? Uh, well, before
0: we get into the, into the heavy stuff here, Corey, what are we drinking this evening?
1: I need got it? Basil Hayden's delivered because I cannot interact with everyday society you now. And uh, I'm drinking that and I'm drinking some Trulies. But I feel fine and you know, maybe some alcohol in my blood system might help knock out whatever COVID's left.
0: Now you even went to the you went to the length of having that booze delivered to you and you made absolutely no contact with the delivery person, correct? Right. Just so nobody calls you a piece of shit.
1: Right. Even though How I did go to Florida. You? But I'm th- like, I had to have been after, right? I mean I could get sicker. I don't know.
0: We're never gonna know. What's done is done.
1: <laughs> Ugh. Well, let's hope that I didn't kill grandma.
0: Corey having COVID, Michigan getting a big win. And then of course, uh just a couple of days ago, obviously the uh tragedy that actually struck us pretty hard here at home.
1: Yeah, which was
0: which was the the uh, Oxford High School shooting and and I'll open this up by just saying this. We have heard the news Immediately after many school shootings at this point, right? Obviously, Columbine was the first, Sandy Hook was a big one. Uh, you know, and then outside of schools, obviously, you had Aurora, Colorado, you had, yeah, and then you had Parkland, and
1: m- many, way, many. Yeah, too many to count, too many to mention.
0: I will tell you something if you have not been in a community or near a community that has actually experienced something like this, when it hits this close to home. It certainly, certainly hits differently because I can tell you that, uh, Corey and I do our show, not barely a half an hour drive, uh, from Oxford, Michigan, uh, being Detroit suburbanites ourselves. And I do business in that community, uh, as a sales rep, I have, I have multiple stores in that community. I drive by that high school frequently. Uh, so I, I have friends that live uh, in that community, and all I can tell you is that I, I, as the events were unfolding, not only am I watching the news, but I'm, um, you know, all over social media trying to trying to see what I can see because for the longest time here locally, probably before it actually reached national news, it was actually being reported. You know, I think it was. I think the the, the original reporting was like six to eight injured. And it was actually sounding there for a moment like nobody died. Right. And and I was actually like, oh, God, I hope it stays that way. Like, I hope that's the case. Like, please, nobody, nobody die. That would be fantastic, considering the circumstances, obviously. Right. Uh, and, and I can tell you that uh, listening and watching these events unfold from a local perspective is so much different than flipping on CNN or you know. flipping on Fox news and, and say, Oh, Hey, a, a school shooting here. And you see the helicopter footage and
1: when none you of those correspondents. Yeah. You recognize the correspondents that are talking about it. It does. It's a whole different, it's a whole different hit. I talk, I kind of break into it in my monologue too. And uh, like what it felt like, like when you see people commenting on Facebook about losing someone and this person has eight mutual friends, it hits you a lot. A lot, lot different.
0: You know? And that's where I could not help, but like, I understand like Twitter and social media is a, an absolute cesspool. But when I'm sitting there and nobody even really knows what happened yet. But then you you have people that, that hear, uh, oh, a school shooting took place.
1: They're really the, the hot button political talking points just get yep, wherever they everything.
0: are. And and like, obviously that's happened before, but like when it's, when it's so close to your community and you realize like, Hey, I went to a high school. That's not far from there. Like it could have been me. It could have been my sisters. It could have been my friends. It could, you know, it, it hits so much harder. And like, when you see people immediately, the grifters. even, even, even as events are unfolding, you see the grandstanders. They wanna get on and talk you want to get on Twitter and talk about policy. Oh, look, another school shooting. Here's a chance for me to
1: talk about gun control. And then the right does the same thing though, and they immediately go, Oh, but it's not guns. It's not guns. Oh no, 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 no. And it's just it's yeah, they just they trivialize it to get bonus points for their talking points for bases.
0: And it's retweets, uh, clout likes. It's not because they give a shit. Uh, about the, at first three and now four uh, Young people that died at the hands of that shooter
1: Should uh, we should we say their names real quick?
0: Absolutely, go ahead if uh, you have, I have them in front of me
1: Yeah, Tate Mir Hannah St. Juliana Justin Schilling And Madison Baldwin Those are the four people that were Just needlessly taken from the world In the blink of an eye by some kid who just had, I don't, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. Some kid who just uh, lost his mind, decided that the best option for him was to just savagely kill his classmates.
0: And a handful of others, obviously wounded. uh, Yes.
1: Wounded. I'm sorry. I don't have the list of the wounded in front of me. I know one was a teacher.
0: That's right. I'm sure they're more happy to be with us still than uh, have their names mentioned on our stupid show. Uh, But, I cannot I'm always like upset with the things that I see on Twitter, but I was never more upset than I was that day as far as like affecting me directly. You know, maybe you there was a thing on 9-11 and you can imagine the cesspool that would have taken place
1: even that might not have been like that. Cause that was still thousands of miles away. You know what I mean? Like this, you saw people immediately trivializing it with getting their little one ups and their little political grandstanding.
0: See and- this, this school th- th- here's, here's, here's what I got out of it from the, from the political grandstanders. Right. And there were handfuls of them. What I got was it is Republicans fault that this shooting took place. Yeah. Like, Just break that down for one second and just understand how stupid that is. That's a guy that considers himself pretty goddamn far left. There are a lot of things that I have absolutely no issue blaming Republicans for. Right. But two hours after a school shooting takes place, I am not going to take to Twitter and say, wow, these four young people
1: would still be alive if it weren't for Republicans. Yeah, it's
0: gross. It's just asinine, and it's gross.
1: Made just blame half the country, you know, or, sixty, you know, eighty million people who identify as Republican.
0: You know, hashtag gun control. And 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 I was actually thinking about this last night, right? Because last night things had started to calm down a little bit. We're recording this here on on Thursday, December second, so it's been a couple of days. It hasn't been long enough, but it's been a couple of days. And I was I was actually breaking this down in my own head last night when it comes to the argument for gun control. Because the blanket statement gun control you can you can make that out to make sense if you just stick to that blanket statement. So like what I mean is like what the fuck does gun control mean? Like when people tweet it out after a tragedy like this and say we just need more gun control all right well tell me what that fucking means because right. i might even as somebody who owns a firearm i might agree with you but you have to tell but, but there's that's nothing not there's do. no
1: depth to it it's just a talking point to hear on the media
0: exactly and then it's i might easy. actually
1: i might actually switch up our flow of the show normally because i'm trying to like not just say my monologue but if you mind i might just read it in the beginning of the show go for it, it Pertain to this exact monologue let's go go for it so it's titled, This Is Not Normal. November 30th, twenty. I was leaving work to purchase a COVID-19 home test because I lost my sense of smell. Dan texted me about the Oxford High School tragedy, but I was in my own world. Did I, do I have COVID? Does my wife? My son? Jesus, where did I get it? I was just in Florida. My God, was I spreading it? A short hour later, the home test confirmed our fear. We became a statistic and the quarantine began. Dan texted me throughout the night about Oxford, and I gave short responses, not just because I was coming to terms with the Arona that we all felt and still feel fine, but but I feel like I was numb to the tragedy, even though it was only a short 30 minutes from my house. Numb to the proximity, numb to the tragedy. I felt disinterested. I lost two people I truly care about this year, one who I considered a mentor and a big brother of sorts, and one who was a cousin who was a brother to me and a best friend. I've cried a lot this year. I bring that up because at first, I felt like it was a legitimate reason to feel numb to another tragedy, but in retrospect, I'm not buying my own bullshit. I was numb because I compartmentalized this tragedy as a sort of, here we go again, almost as if I was subconsciously normalizing it. It wasn't until late on Wednesday night, a, f- a full day and a half later, that I joined a standing with OHS group, where I saw raw emotion poured out on the page of people who had mul- mutual friends with me. Did it smack me in the fa- across the face that this was my community, and how do we let this happen? This tragedy, on top of the countless others across our country, isn't normal, and it never should be. It's only been a part of our culture for 30-some years. Where the he- Where the hell do we go wrong, and how the hell do we fix it? What change in our society that leads children, children, to believe that the only way they can be heard is taking a gun to school and shooting fellow students? What leads a child to the point of no return that the idea of taking another other human life is the answer to whatever sort of question they are asking? Are we as a society even hearing the questions being asked? How does a child, smiling in photos, transform into a savage on a murderous rampage, not against strangers, but people he knows and sees every day? Why is it only after we hear from other students that the kid was bullied or acted strange or was really quiet? Are we too busy with our, our lives to pay attention to the children? Don't get it twisted. I'm not victimizing the school shooters. I'm saying if we maybe pay more attention to this generation that we're passing the torch to, less kids might slip through the cracks. Maybe less students to teacher ratios. Maybe we tackle mental health as a societal whole and remove the stigma around it. Maybe we stop doping all the kids up with mode stabilizers and methamphetamines like Adderall and Ritalin. I know one thing's for sure. Both guns and bowling have always been a part of our society, but mass shootings have not. And blaming inanimate objects isn't going to help our children. And we should, should we do everything in our power to keep guns out of the hands of children? Absolutely. But a gun is just a means to an end, so to speak. And removing it isn't going to stop the pain or hurt our children are feeling. It'll just make our day-to-day lives more convenient with not having to see another tragedy on television. Because let's be honest, we don't ever talk about our kids' mental health until one snaps and kills, leaving us with our hands in the air asking, How did this happen? And so... Basically, what I'm saying is, like, we're sitting here and we're talking about, oh, well, gun control is gun control. But, like, what are you going to do? You take the guns away from these kids. That mental issue in their head is still going to fucking be there. That is making them think, well, if I just had a gun.
0: Well, that goes that kind of goes back to my point of, like, so when you when you want to tweet two hours after a tragedy so you can get some likes and some retweets. Right. Uh, when Where they were they you
1: helping tweet? kids? When you, you know, tweet-
0: like when you tweet hashtag gun control and you don't even know what the fuck you're saying, like, what does that mean? Cause like I'm, I'm the kind of person who's like not here to defend firearms, right? Like I own one, but I'm also open and I'm, and I'm a pro to a guy, but I'm also open to like gun laws that actually make sense. But the problem is I've never really heard any other than, take guns away this this way. So like so here's what I mean when I say I was thinking about this the other day or last night. I'm out in this I'm out in the garage. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about what's going on again. I'm having a nice cigar and I'm just by myself thinking about just reflecting. Yeah, reflecting on everything that's transpired, both what I'd seen on social media and and also like the tragedy itself. And I'm thinking, all right, so I'm trying to understand these people in my own head that want to just jump on Twitter and go, we need gun control, we need gun control. And I'm and I'm trying to figure out a way in which they are actually able to make sense. But none of them are, because how are you going to make sense of a super complex issue in a 240-character tweet? You're not going to, so there's no reason to fucking nope. tweet about it. But here's what I'll say. Here, here's here's kind of what I came up with. When people want to go hashtag gun control all right so what does gun control actually mean so okay let's say that let's say it means that you're let's say you're the kind of person who 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 doesn't think uh that the big scary guns or the quote-unquote assault rifles which isn't actually even a thing but quote-unquote assault rifles we should take the big scary guns away even though this young man's firearm fires the same bullets as most of those uh yeah. <laughs>
1: most of those same uh magazine scary capacity guns. all that stuff yeah
0: yeah the only difference maybe is the magazine size the you're more length. into guns than me Corey. do i have that pretty close to correct
1: for the most part yeah i mean you can get extended clips for pistols you know so it's, maybe uh, magazine
0: size is the only thing you're talking about and that's length, maybe accuracy Okay, so we take those. But away. if you
1: wanted to get to the nitty gritty in close combat, you want a shorter barrel, anyways. Fair enough. Like, like let's be honest. The cops showed up in five minutes. They stopped him fast. Yeah, but he, and still he took gave up. a lot of lives, and he still took a lot of lives. So, you and it wasn't the, a big scary gun. It was a pistol.
0: You take the guns that aren't really any scarier, but "quote unquote" look scarier to people who don't know what they're talking about. So, let's say you take those away. Now, as we've just discussed in these last two minutes, you've solved nothing.
1: essentially that's kind of what i was getting at in my monologue it's like you look at different countries who have severe gun control and to where like let's look at the uk they take away the guns and there's knives there's knife attacks all the time so now you can't even carry a pocket knife or like a steak knife from the store to home in the uk because if you're stopped you might get harassed for it but it's we're falling into the same thing i feel like of the trivialized gun control argument we need to really focus on like what pushes these children to the point that they think the only way their voices can be heard is taking the lives of other students and now you're seeing these acts of desperation heritage heritage uh middle school which is literally i could ride my bike there and be there in 20 minutes now there was and red marker on a door talking about that school shooting makes me want to do that too. Mm. So it's like, there's obviously kids are like mentally fucked up to put it in like real rough layman's terms. You know, our kids are desperately crying for help. Social media has only exasperated the problem. And us as adults, we're just plum not listening believe because it or not, is pushing these kids to that point,
0: believe it or not, my, my gun control thoughts were actually getting to exactly what you're saying.
1: Okay. So right. If you
0: let me, if you just let me finish I'm real sorry. quick. So, so you take away the big scary guns you're left with handguns and they say okay let's take those handguns away because those are just as dangerous as the less scary guns it should only be for hunting we should only have hunting guns okay so now what stops my child from or your child or her child or his child from going into dad's gun safe sawing off a 30-06 loading it with buckshot and blowing eight people away so and then and that even that even leads into the argument of like sidearms right because a lot of hunters it's maybe not around here because we don't have really a bear problem here in Michigan but like depends on where you go out in the mountains out in Montana a lot of hunters carry sidearms so now what do you do about that oh, okay we'll make an exception for that okay so now the kid goes and gets so what i mean by that is like the, what kind of what i was getting at is like the gun control argument it just keeps piling in on itself and as you were saying mm-hmm. Corey, to your point it's the wrong conversation to have yeah whether exactly. you think guns should be regulated or not it's still the wrong conversation to have
1: we're not tackling the real issue at heart which is these kids want to commit violence because they feel like that is the only answer they have in an act of desperation and like i said i am not trying to victimize the the killers and things like that. But it's like, there's, there's signs, man. There's, there's things that like, the kids Instagram had a countdown. You know, the kids Instagram had a lot of not necessarily demonic photos, but definitely photos that were like, Ooh, what is this kind of stuff? And it's like very feng shui, if you will. Some, and like people knew other kids were saying things. Kids didn't go to school that day because they had an idea. And it's like, first off, we're not listening to our children. Second off, what are in our society that is letting kids like this slip through the cracks? Our schools are supposed to have counselors. We're supposed to have teachers. How does a how does a kid because it's, it's usually it's always this it's the quiet kid. So mm-hmm. it's the kid that's not getting the attention. So he's just day by day going through the motions and he's just building up this reprehensible thought process that is just turning into ultimately actions where lives of other students are taken. So let me just. You know what? It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to just blame an inanimate object instead of having to tackle a real complex, hard issue of mental health. And it's not just kids, it's adults too. Suicide rates are through the roof. We're seeing people acting out crazy. COVID has put mental health strains on a lot of people. And it's, maybe as adults, we're able to cope with it a little bit better. But we're talking about children who have a brain that is still developing, that's throwing around a bunch of crazy hormones. And when they're in their most vulnerable state, we as the adults, the role models, the mentors, the coaches, and every person that they're supposed to look to are failing them.
0: So let me ask you this question, Corey, because... This actually speaks to the the, the the issue that you think exists, that I think exists, that I think a lot of people out there actually think exists, which is that the child who commits the crime shouldn't be so easily persuaded into that position, right? It's gotten worse since Columbine. I mean, you can, you can look at the numbers. I mean, by decade, right. the number like guns have always been around, but school things keep State going to look up. up too. So, so the, so what I would ask you is, you know, you, you, you mentioned schools are supposed to have counselors and, you know, teachers or teachers, coaches, what have you, are supposed to be mentors. Doesn't that speak to the fact that we don't fucking pay these people enough money? Like who the hell wants to be a teacher? Right, Nobody wants to be a teacher. Who the hell is going to go take a job for $35,000 to deal with a bunch of snot-nosed kids that aren't theirs and actually take it seriously? Now, that's not to say that there aren't good teachers. Of course there are. I had plenty of them. I was
1: was extraordinarily fortunate
0: uh... going to school. I had a lot of good teachers, and I had a few shitty ones, too. And what I can say is I graduated high school in 2006. All right. So we're looking at 15 years now coming up this this May. That's half my goddamn life, essentially. I've been out of high school. And I can tell you definitively. Now I went to a smaller school, but I can tell you for sure that yeah, just like every other social hierarchy, right? There were popular kids, right? The jocks, the football players, the cheerleaders. There was kind of a, a middle tier of oh, everybody yeah kind of the burnouts <laughs> got along with the jungle dude high school a then, fucking jungle and then there were also like what you would consider that bottom tier of the social hierarchy that were you know kind of weird kids you know the kids that you know wore all black and put makeup on their face called themselves goth or whatever but what i can tell you is that in each and every one of those hierarchies when i was in school which wasn't that long ago everybody had friends Like even at that bottom tier, like there was still, you still had kids. And and the only reason I know this and remember this is because I have always been, I've always considered myself a people watcher. When I go out in public, when I was in school, wherever I am, I always watch people and kind of see their social interactions. Mm -hmm. And I remember this from being in school. I just cannot remember a single kid that I went to school with. And I talked to everybody that didn't have any friends at all. Right. Everybody had at least one friend. And I feel like that isn't the case anymore when it comes to these school shooters. Like, I'm, I guarantee you, you're going to find out that this kid, and we're not even going to say his name because I don't like doing that. Um, we know who it is, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, I guarantee you, we're probably going to find out that he was a loner, had no friends. You know, I think that stuff's already kind of coming out on social media.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is like it's all of his fellow students problem. are the ones that are saying it. You know what I mean, And it's like, but how can you expect somebody that makes
0: thirty five forty thousand dollars a year to go out and play therapist
1: right well he he physically he can't when he has thirty students, you know, especially in a high school, you figure eight hours a day, eight times thirty is what two hundred and forty the two hundred and forty students, how is he supposed to like take the time to mentor? and teach and guide these children to do what they're supposed to do. Our schools are set up like a production line. And unfortunately, you know, kids like this kid slip through the cracks. And if you remember being a kid, like, I'm, like it's weird because I went through that phase. Junior high was a real awkward phase. I didn't have a lot of friends. High school, I did okay. But, like, I remember being in junior high and, like, having those feelings of like not necessarily trying to like act out on anything, but being like, Oh yeah, no one likes me. I don't have a lot of friends, but you still, you put on a face when you're at home, you put on a face when you're at school. Even if you feel like you're a loser, you're not going to tell it verbally that you're a loser, but there's telltale signs that these kids put off that like if someone just was, was able to just analyze someone for just a minute, you could realize oh this kid might need a little bit of special attention but that just it just isn't happening we we live in a society where both parents have to work longer hours for less pay and that's the
0: thing like in a world where everybody's looking for somebody to blame okay it's really easy to go oh my god it's guns fault oh my god it's republicans fault
1: they built oh the god, gun cuz it's the well armed
0: fault right right what what do you do when there's nobody that you can that's what we do in the society now with everything whether it's school shootings or elections or whatever you have to find somebody to blame sometimes there isn't just one somebody or something to blame something on right like you have to actually put in the work to figure it out the problem is it's fucking hard we can't do it it's fucking hard you know, it's the same reason Gavin Newsom went out and wrote legislation about you know uh, uh, gender-neutral toy aisles, but he doesn't want to do anything about fucking homelessness in California because it's just too fucking hard.
1: Right? Yeah. When it so when it's a complicated issue, it's just easier to blame inanimate objects and ideologies. Like look what America does: the war on drugs, the war on guns, the war on terrorism, the war on communism. You know, you could keep going down lists of things like that. And like, for some reason we like
0: Tulsi Gabbard,
1: we like, (laughs) (laughs) we like to fight ghosts because it's just easier than tackling the real problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, you can tie that into climate change. You can tie that into anything else. And yeah. so what what do we do? Like, how do we get more positive about this? Because this seems awfully nihilistic where it's just like, all right, well, school shootings are just going to keep happening. It's going to be a part of our world. Well, because, we kind of went like,
1: over the answers. We know what we got to do is we just have to pay more attention to the kids.
0: But I think what you have to do in that scenario is you have to find a way to get teachers paid more. You have to find a way to get uh, uh, school counselors paid more. But then you get into the political debate. You
1: know, where's would, the money going to come from? Exactly.
0: The the conservative or even the libertarian argument, Corey, would be public schools suck. There's no way to make public schools good. So that's not well, going to happen. That's
1: true, but that's a separate argument, I feel like. I mean, maybe it, it does fall into the same category, but it's like, you know what? Yeah, you know, our public schools might suck, but that's because not necessarily underfunding, but like just funding in the wrong places. We got to get back to where we focus on the children, not fancy, flashy buildings and all of this type of stuff. Like, we need to focus on our kids. That's the next generation. Like I said in my monologue, that's who we're passing the torch to. And we just constantly just keep kicking the hand down the road of sorts. About scenarios like this, and don't talk about it until something like this happens, but we don't give a fuck about the kids' mental health and stuff like that up until that point.
0: it honestly ties really well into uh, the way we kind of the way we we've talked about police, right and we talk about um you know what does defund the police actually mean? It's kind of the same thing because you know they're both sets of public employees when you're talking about teachers and you're talking about cops and it is so obvious that more money being funneled into both of these areas is the actual better solution because why because when you don't pay teachers enough when you don't pay cops enough guess what you get lower tier human beings taking those very fucking important jobs
1: yeah, it's not
0: that hard to figure out if you pay no. cops more and you pay teachers more, more good people are going to want to do those jobs. You're going to be able to educate your kids better. You're going to maybe be able to prevent school shootings more because you're going to have teachers that actually give a shit because they're getting paid enough to
1: give a shit. And that goes into my conversation. Like, it's funny because it actually ties into what I say when it comes to that stuff, because like, when you dump more money into it, it seems that it never, ever goes to the people with the boots on the ground on the front line of the case to where, yeah, we can dump more money. Like we pay more money per capita per student. I think than any other country in the world. Yeah. Yet we still have teachers that have to rely yeah, on the government running, for we welfare. And in the
0: high twenties globally in education.
1: Right. So I think that's where my nihilism comes when it comes and we talk about throwing more money at stuff because we technically already do. And that's the problem. Like, I don't understand how this money is being swallowed up, where it's going to. But we need to get back to the basics of focusing on the kids.
0: Well, it's a libertarian argument, isn't it, Corey? For the not most the money part, yeah. that's the problem. It's not the cash flow that's the issue. And, and the, the libertarian argument is that publicly, you know, uh, governments don't just they just don't spend the money well. They just they don't, don't spend public money well. And 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 i've actually realized this about libertarians more recently, Corey. It's not necessarily that they're like it's not necessarily that they that they don't think that public goods and things like that can be beneficial. They just don't trust government to yeah. actually <laughs> allocate funds as evidenced by
1: countless and countless and countless examples of that exact problem happening.
0: But then okay, so what do you do? You privatize schools? I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's
1: it, like, I it's, think what it's, me it's personally
0: hard and nobody wants to figure it out. So they take to Twitter and they just say, oh, well, let's think, just get rid of guns.
1: Yeah. So me personally, what I think is I think that we abolish for the most part, the department of education, you keep that money more local in the States, let the States do it. Are you going to have some States that aren't that good? Yeah, possibly. But you know what? That leaves people to leave that state to go somewhere where the schools are better. And then it becomes an attraction for a state to create more state revenue. You know what I mean? Because the public education department gets bigger and bigger and our schools get worse and worse and worse. We were a beacon of public education. We were the first nation with public education.
0: Yeah. And the the only part that that freaks me out about that, Corey, is like we know how the the money works. I guess – I don't know how it breaks down directly, but basically – Uh, standardized testing and attendance are what get each district more money, right? So in in poorer neighborhoods, which, by the way, tend not to have as many school shootings. Don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I just did. Uh, Poorer neighborhoods and poor school districts, they have more truancy issues. They have lower standardized test scores. So guess who doesn't get as much money? Yeah. So how do you make a shitty school system? I I will go I'll I'll just talk locally here about Detroit Public Schools. Yeah. It's one of the worst school systems Which, in,
1: in America. Fun fact, you want to hear something interesting about when it comes to Michigan when we talk about the government just being inefficient and fucked up. So I forget the guy's name, but he became the the state general manager of Flint when Flint declared bankruptcy. And he was there. He was his idea to transfer the Flint water from, he was one of the main components or main people like, in convincing the city to transfer from Detroit water supply to the Flint river. And then he, you know, that got all fucked up. We know what happened with Flint, with the water crisis. Snyder transferred him to Detroit to be in charge of the public schools. And then they end up just going to shit even worse than they were before he got there.
0: I don't even know how that's possible, but yeah.
1: Yeah, they're finding mushrooms on the floor and stuff like that.
0: I've been yeah. there. I've seen them. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's 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 an ugly scene.
1: And so what we got to do is break the school system down more into smaller cells, to where people can really take the money and spend it on the children and focus on these kids as individual students, and not just push them through the school system with no child left behind. In some weird production style system,
0: assembly line,
1: yeah, that's what it really is. got that's what I go to college. It. You gotta go to college. I don't know that conversation, Goddamn, man. It's I feel so bad. That for conversation kind of went
0: off the rails a little bit, but in a good way, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that discussion,
1: yeah. Those, those poor kids, man, it's just it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter what kind of like political grandstanding you do at the end of the day, the kids are the ones that have to go into that school on Monday where it's going to smell like bleach because they just got done cleaning a bunch of blood off the floor and stuff.
0: Yeah. So again, we'll see him again. Uh, And why Hannah St. Juliana, Justin Schilling, uh, Madison Baldwin. I will raise my glass to uh, those individuals and also those injured in the entire community of Oxford. Uh, I do business in your community. You are my community. And so uh, let the grandstanding uh, essentially fuck off and we are going to, we're going to move on from this topic, but uh yeah, it's,
1: that's fucking sad, man. It's sad. So moving on, we got some sloppy seconds. We had one of our listeners push.
0: You want to do Nicaragua first?
1: Yeah, let's, let's, let's get that out of the way. I feel like that one's important. So we had (laughs) someone push back on our last topic of how we think that, the American propaganda is pushing hard on Nicaragua. And I had one of our listeners reach out to me and say that they didn't like the fact that we were doing that and how they think Ortega is a wannabe dictator that's pushing uh, for some sort of dictatorship in Nicaragua and uh, how he is imprisoning, you know, potential political candidates against him and how the sanctions were correct and stuff like that and i said i was like no listen i'm like read noam chomsky's manufacturing consent look at nicaragua's history and how we deal with them like ortega used to be our boy we're the ones that pushed him into leadership and then all of a sudden he's not doing what we want him to do when it comes to our economic policy so now all of a sudden we turned on him
0: to piggyback on that let me let me just mention this Go back and actually take a look at American intervention in uh, whether it's Central America, America, South America, uh, certain places in the Middle East, but really more Central America and South America. And just take a look. Oh Yeah, it
1: goes all the way back to the 1800s, the Monroe Doctrine. We can talk about it again if you want.
0: Yeah, but just what, what I'm getting at is just take a look at the leanings of the quote unquote dictators uh, that we have uh, tried to displace and really take a look at their politics, because what you're going to find is that almost all of them. And no, and fuck that. All of them. I, I I don't even know that for sure, but I'd be willing to bet on it. All of them are leftist, quote unquote, dictators. Every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Socialist. And if you want to say communist, go ahead in the name of saving corporatist America and their resources from these countries. That's what this is essentially all about.
1: Yep. So I'm going to share the screen of this article with our uh, live stream here. Um, and it's by Christian Guevara. He's a journalist from El Salvador, a Salvadorian journalist. And he focuses on corruption and stuff like that. And this article, November 8th, 2021, was, U.S. attacks in Ortega failed to convince the Nicaraguan voters. And then he goes on to say that the United States is waging an economic war against Nicaragua and and the overwhelmingly popular Sandinista government here as the people of the country head to the polls. Just last week, the U.S. House of Representatives passed the Renacer Act, A slew of additionally deadly sanctions with a bipartisan, with huge bipartisan support. This article goes on to talk about how uh, the US relations with Honduras were vastly different to where the president was like a narco president, where he had direct connections to people who've been arrested in America trafficking cocaine. But the fact that they, uh, they, they're closely aligned with US economic and political establishments and have no qualms about continuing to allow us. So, they have no qualms about their people being continually allowed to be exploited by US. We don't bother them. For example, so one of the things that this person brought up was uh, the political prisoners. And the most, so right here in this article, the most famous of these political prisoners is Cristiana Tramoro, an extravagantly wealthy Nicaraguan oligarch and owner of the far right news outlet La, Pre- La Prensa. Chamorro has a long history with the Ortega's party and the Sandinistas front for the National Libertarian Front, the FSLM. And during the Contra war of the late '70s and into the '80s, La Prensa was a funded was fun- and used as a tool for the U.S. government to spread propaganda to undermine Ortega when he was president. Then and before that, the U.S. also supported the, and funded dictator Ad- Anastasio Somoza's terrorist war on the Nicaraguan people that killed eighty thousand people. So they're pushing hard on this Ortega, when he in turn is actually really popular there. Now, our media will not say that, but people there have a 60 to 70% pre-election polls have overwhelmingly supported Ortega. And, he, and Ortega is accused of cracking down on the very same democratic institutions that were established by the FSLN in 1984, which was, the like, as we just mentioned, the CIA-backed uh, people. And for the U.S., it may very well seem impossible for a leader to have that kind of support Ortega has in Nicaragua. But just maybe he has the support because he has followed through with his political promises and drastically improved the lives of Nicaraguans with policies like free health care for everyone, including cancer treatment, free college for all, including indigenous peoples that were previously banned from attending public institutions, more than doubling the amount of roads throughout the country, and reaching near 100% food sovereignty, which means... Meaning, almost all the food consumed in Nicaragua is produced and grown there. So, this guy is literally doing what he wants for his country, and he doesn't, and he isn't letting the American government uh, influence his decisions, and they don't like that. And we've talked about this now with Haiti, we've talked about this with Nicaragua in the last episode. America likes to put their fingers into these countries. And if they don't do the puppet show that we want them to do, we immediately vilify them and turn on them.
0: And so that's that all we, we are can,
1: trying to say in the last episode.
0: So that we can corporatize their...
1: Uh, whatever the free labor. Whatever it is that, the it is that they
0: have that we want. And by the way, can I just mention, Nicaragua as a cigar aficionado, as far as New World cigars go, Nicaragua, <laughs> bella, love it. <laughs> a, muy bien. <laughs> no, but that's that, that that's that's the thing is like that is such a that is such a corporatist uh argument of oh he put his he put his political uh opponents in prison and it's like
1: yeah but that's but it's they were not, studios for the american government it's
0: not really that simple like it, that's that's the thing it's like it's just not you can be an absolute genius and have an iq of two thousand. And still fall for the corporatist bullshit. We see it all the time. Really I know did. I know very, very just, smart human beings that do it.
1: It's like when you go on Google, I had to to find a journalist who was speaking on this, who's on the ground in fucking South America. It took me way longer than it should have. It was on New York Times, Washington Post, New York Post, you know, all these different things, and they're all shitting on them. And all they're doing in these articles. Is basing their argument quoting on American officials? Do you understand dude, what I'm that's saying? That's why.
0: That's why the I propaganda
1: check out. machine. I was, check
0: out publications like the Gray Zone and obviously Breaking Points with Crystal and Sager the couch like,
1: conversation. Yeah, dude, you have to because like our media here in America. A lot of it's good. Like, don't get me wrong. New York Times, we're going to, like, I'm going to be using New York Times as a source just here hearing shortly about Hunter Biden. The our Situation
0: media, Room with Wolf Blitzer, brought to you by Pfizer. Our
1: media sometimes nails it, but as a whole, there's a propaganda machine that has been there that has only been enhanced since 2012 when Obama legalized it, superseding a 1948 bill. Under the NDAA Act, the National Defense Authorization Act, that legalized propaganda in America to fight propaganda from other countries. Dude, this is all real stuff. The NDAA is authorized every year by our Congress. And Obama made propaganda legal. Legal. Not illegal. Legal. Legal. And so I have to go and dig through things and find websites of things like the peoplesworld.org that was founded in 1924 that is an, a, a source of news that's not from America. And like the way we've turned ourselves out that we act like all of a sudden if something is a news source that isn't from America, it's not legitimate, only goes to solidify my argument of saying American media at times is very propagandized.
0: So, I guess the question I would ask is, when did we get here, right? Because I know, you know, you used to watch Looney Tunes, and I know that, um, you know, you've probably seen the political cartoons from, like, the World War II era, right? Like, hmm America, like we had propaganda beating the shit out of
1: uh, we had Hitler. we had
0: anti Nazi propaganda then. Like propaganda isn't new in America, um, it's not any more recognizable. So when did it? So I guess like was there like a turn after World War II where I don't want to say America is evil, right? Because I like living here. I enjoy the rights that I have here, and We've I enjoy always thought we were doing we're... the
1: right thing. I don't want to fall into that category that America is evil and we're doing this. We are just we're no, very if... self serving and very self interested, and I oh, get that. Okay, that's
0: fair. That's that's the answer I was looking for. Is is it is it that we're evil or is it that we're self interested? And I yeah. and I, I actually I actually like the fact that you said that because I I I often think about like what America is to the world as far as like how is it good and how is it bad and a lot which of people one...
1: love us as evidenced by people from Cuba hopping on rafts and just going into the ocean and wishing for the best. We have thousands and thousands of thousands of people trying to cross the southern border. We are a good country, but we have a lot of faults
0: can we be can we be God and Satan at the same time? Because it kind of seems like that's the case.
1: That's you're talking about Eastern religion, there, man. With the yin and the yang, the evil has <laughs> a little bit of good, and the good has a little bit of the evil. Yep. <laughs> but I just wanted to really touch on that and really drive that home that it's like we've been here before. We're fucking with Nicaragua because their political and economical policies don't align with what we want.
0: And and the thing follow that the you know, money. And the thing that upsets me most about that is that it's people that claim to be liberals that are upset about this. You claim to be a liberal, and you don't even realize how far right the Democratic Party actually is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's and it's and it's so it's so obvious. It, you know, we we've talked about this before. Bernie Sanders, a guy who is considered to be. You know, and and you know, a leftist. Okay, real quick, I do artist. want to add this.
1: I want to add this. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go Despite ahead. the ridiculous lies of Nicaraguan business and corporate media, Chamaro is not in prison for being an opposition candidate. Interestingly, she was never officially running for president. Even U.S. news outlets have used the phrase "pre-candidate" to describe her campaign. Chamaro's problems with the legal system. Long predate the current election, however, she was caught laundering money from Nicaragua's nonprofits and using the funds as well as U.S. money to attempt a coup in 2018 that led to the deaths of over 300 people, the majority of whom were Sandinista supporters. These details seem to have been missed by the U.S. State Department and accredited news outlets. As for the accusation that Ortega is a dictator, the charge is a common one made against any leader that doesn't fall in line with the U.S. homogeny, especially those who enjoy mass support from their own people. And this isn't the only country this is happening in. Look how we treat Venezuela versus look how we treat like Honduras or Colombia, two countries that launder money and do a bunch of shit, like launder drugs and, and guns into our country, but because of their because their leaders economically align with their policies is what America wants these little lapdogs to do. We leave them the fuck alone. Look at Belarus. In Belarus, their leader is literally a fucking dictator, but we're leaving that one alone, and it's just... It absolutely blows my mind that we're falling for this shit. I mean, we're not. (laughs) We're not, but people do, and it's insane to me, man. It's just like, please, 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 if you're a listener, read Noam Chomsky's Manufacturing Consent, and please, please, please read Hate, Inc. by Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi wrote that book, and our government spun it and said he was a Russian asset. You ever seen that?
0: We we live... We live by Matt Taibbi's Hate Inc. In fact, I will say this. I think this actually ties in. Matt Taibbi actually had a tweet uh, on November 30th that I thought was interesting because you've you've heard that uh, uh, Jack Dorsey stepped down from Twitter, correct? Yep. So the new gentleman that has taken Jack Dorsey's pace is Parag Agrawal. And on November 30th... Uh, he put out a statement that says this. I'm just going to read the part that's important. Sharing personal media, such as images or videos, can, be poten- can potentially violate a person's privacy and may lead to emotional and physical harm. The misuse of private media can affect everyone, but can have a disproportionate effect on women, activists, dissidents... And members of minority communities. So it sounds like what Mr. Agarwal is saying is that you literally cannot take a picture or a video of a human being out on the street and post it to Twitter. Let me tell you why that's a problem. Uh actual protests, guess what? Can't take that's a video or a picture of it anymore and put it on Twitter. What happened with uh, 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 Kyle Rittenhouse? Not allowed to post that video on Twitter anymore. Not good. And Matt Taibbi's quote
1: was Wow, thought this would be a bit more gradual. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. That guy's so good. I love Matt Taibbi. It's,
0: it's, it's, if you don't see what's going on here, I don't know how to help you. Like, it's freedom of the press is going away. Freedom of speech is going away. And I can already hear people hearing me say that going, oh, a nice conservative talking point. Like, I don't give a fuck whose talking point it is. It's reality.
1: Isn't that bullshit, too? Isn't that disgusting? How, like, if one side has a good talking point, if it is from a certain sector of the political landscape, then it's discredited.
0: Yes. Yes. And that's why, honestly, I've, I've tried to stop putting labels on myself as far as politically i will tell you i know i'm a leftist i know that about myself what type of leftist i am i don't know i don't really give a shit i i believe in leftist policy but when somebody what what, what when i'm seeing that that, that 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 the new twitter ceo is essentially saying you can't post pictures and videos of strangers on twitter anymore
1: it makes you do a quick double take like wait a minute like, hold on how like what like but the left like, because the left isn't what are being we talking about by it right now they're saying, oh, but it's a private company. And it's like, I get a pri- I get it, it's a private company, but at what point are these uh, social media superpowers going to be considered a utility? Well, when Trump started all it. this, and let's be honest, Trump's the one that started all this. He was trying to reappeal Section 230, which made all of their wheels spin to try to make them protect themselves from legal ramifications. Section 230 of the, uh, oh, I forget which part it was. It was a part one of the acts, but it talks about how, like, social media platforms that aren't publishers, when there's just private users using it and they say things, that they can't be held accountable for it. And Trump was the one that kicked up that whole dirt trying to get that shit going, like, wanted to repeal Section 230, which made all these people overreact because at the end of the day, they are a business and they're trying to protect their profit margins. So they're just they're they're overreacting and like oh we can't have that because that might cause problems oh we can't have that because that might cause problems. Does I that know. make
0: sense? It does, but I'm lost. I'm just <laughs> I'm just I'm just absolutely lost for words. Like I just cannot imagine this going well. I can't imagine that policy going well. I don't know when it goes into effect. I don't know if it's already gone into effect. Uh, but it's like. You 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 want to sit there as as a as a as a public woke corporation and talk about how you know important it is that you know we uh, stop police officers from hurting black people. Okay, so the next time that I record a police, so if I go out on the street and I record a police officer beating the shit out of a black man for no reason,
1: or shooting a man in a wheelchair.
0: I it, or or shooting a man in a wheelchair as we saw referenced this week. I can I now what you're saying now is I can't post that on Twitter to let the entire world know that this piece of shit cop that we're trying to get rid of all these bad cops I I now can't post that video on Twitter.
1: No. Nope. And you can you can thank Trump for cucking this super left woke media outlet.
0: I'm out of thank- gas. omicron's
1: here omicron (laughs) yeah here we go you wanted to talk about omicron
0: i did want to talk about omicron because i have an interesting take on omicron and I, i i'm the first person i feel like that said this maybe there are others out there i can't be the only person who feels this way don't cancel me for saying i think omicron's a good thing based on early data coming out of africa coming out of israel because what Omicron is showing us, based on this early data, I'm not going to show it to you. You can go find it yourself. It's going to be difficult if you Google it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> duck, duck you might, go it. You won't be able to duck, duck, go it. Uh, look, it looks like this is the variant that we've all fucking wanted since this virus came out. Which is a variant that is, okay, shittily more contagious. Okay, that sucks. But less deadly. Yeah. Now that, that that hasn't been confirmed yet. We may jump on this show in two weeks and I might be eating crow and I'd be get fine another with
1: that.
0: I just want to get it right. But so far, the early data is telling us that this variant is more contagious, but less deadly. Corey, just like if Delta, I give was. You,
1: Delta was more contagious, but less, and deadly. less
0: deadly, but still more deadly than Omicron so far. So Corey, if I gave you the choice of this shitty virus that was created, that seems to be, have been created by human beings uh that we shouldn't even have in the first place but it's here so it is what it is if i give you the choice of having a virus that is more deadly and less contagious or a virus that is uh less deadly and more contagious which one are you choosing
1: I'm, i honestly call me crazy but i'm going to take the less deadly one <laughs>
0: exactly a lot of the data coming out is showing that uh the early data Obviously, it could change. I'm going to keep saying that until we're which done is, talking about this. It's interesting. But the early data is showing that a lot of the symptoms are are equivalent to a severe a uh, severe cold,
1: which is great. Right. I, that's great. That's good. It's, it's, like, is it's that is that not too. good news? It is good news, and it's interesting because like it's it kind of goes with it kind of uh, solidifies our argument of what we were saying with Dr. Robert Malone and. Kind of. It's like, well, you know, maybe he wasn't exactly right either. So Dr. Malone, if anyone's listening to our podcast, is the one who created the mRNA, you know, technology of creating an MRA vaccine. And he was a huge advocate against mass vaccinations and that it should only be for people who need it and are vulnerable. Because when you vaccinate everyone, it just makes this vibrant. The virus is the same thing as any other living thing. It wants to survive. It wants to replicate. It wants to reproduce and keep its species alive and moving. So what it's going to do is it's going to mutate and change itself to do that. And so what this virus is doing is with mass vaccinating everyone, which which was what Robert Malone was against, it's forcing it to mutate at a faster rate to fight the vaccine. And so, but... His original assessment was, you know, it's going to make the virus mutate to where we can't handle it. And it's going to make it so the vaccine is ineffective. So, yes, the vaccine is a little bit less ineffective. They're saying that Omicron and the virus, like there was a bunch of doctors in Israel who caught it even though they are vaccinated and had their boosters. And a lot more people are getting it even though they're vaccinated. It almost doesn't matter because it's the virus has mutated itself so much to fight the immune system to infect you that it's given up a lot of its energy of trying to kill you essentially and just make itself more contagious to just get into you just to constantly keep itself reproducing and moving along. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? It does, but
0: it's, it's also, and I'm no evolutionary biologist. I, you and I are just intellectual idiots, but it totally makes It just makes common sense that something that is a virus, whether it's a virus or a bacteria or a parasite or whatever it is, something that needs a host, particularly a human being in this case, it just makes sense that it just doesn't have an interest in killing its host because when you kill your host, you don't replicate replicate
1: and keep going. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So virologists have been saying this for forever since this, since this first came out, it's like, you know, traditionally, Novel viruses, or or viruses in general, when they mutate, they typically become more contagious and less deadly because they have more interest in replicating and moving from host to host than they do to kill the human. That to kill the human or the host that they uh, that they that they that they move into. So, I'm looking at Omicron and I'm going, all right. If this early data is true, why can't CNN? And all of the corporate media stop saying things like uh, Omicron more contagious and add in, but maybe less deadly into their headlines. They right. can't do that because that well, doesn't too,
1: is like, while this is happening, uh, like Merck is coming up with an antiviral pill. Have you heard about that?
0: Yeah, we've talked about it on the show.
1: We talked about it a little bit. Yeah. But like, could you imagine if we had a antiviral pill, and that like, because so like we nope, have stop. nope,
0: nope, nope, nope. Got to get vaxxed. You got to get vaxxed. It's the only way,
1: right? But like we have we have antibacterial drugs, you know, for antibodies and things like that, and like we don't have that for viruses. And if this uh, pandemic has led to a pill that can attack viruses in general, we're talking about. Ending things like the flu, RSV, and COVID in general. Or making them less deadly. And making them, yeah, making them less deadly. But uh, I guess why I'm saying that is because when we make these, uh, these mRNAs, we're making these viruses mutate. But if we make something that just nicks the virus in the bud then we're coming at this, we're burning the candle at both ends, that we might ultimately see a world where viruses are as trivial as a bacteria. Like it's 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 interesting because like bacteria is nowadays, we've 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 handled them so well that like a bacterial infection when you get it isn't that big of a deal as a viral infection. But like in the 1860s during like the Civil War, we didn't know what bacteria was and to the point to where people were dying left and right from things like gangrene and infections and things like that because of bacterias. We had people dying in hospitals because these doctors didn't know what bacteria was, that they were digging through dead bodies and then wouldn't wash their hands and then go deliver babies. And then the baby and the mom would die. So what you're saying, saying
0: is, what you're saying is if if we can start handling viruses as well as we hand or almost as well as we handle bacterias, we're all going to be better off. Yeah. that's That's your basic point.
1: Yeah, I watched Flight Club today, and it talks about how uh, the sacrifices made at the at one of the uh, like they they figured out soap because it was from the fat from bodies down river that the water cleaned their clothes better than it did upriver because it was after where they were doing the sacrifices of the bodies, and the bodies and the rain would wash the bodies' fat and all their stuff into the river, and it would create you know a different pH level to where they could clean their clothes better. And you know, and he goes on to talk about those are sacrifices like space monkeys of the first monkey we shot into space led to us having space exploration. And it's (laughs) next, I guess what I'm saying is like, as shitty as COVID is, it's led to technological advancements that might save millions and millions and millions, if not billions of lives down the road.
0: But you're not going to see that. You're not going to see that in, in corporate media.
1: No. No, Omicron, bad. Well, well, bad. Well, how do you spin that? Oh, yeah, you know, all these people died, but it was for a good cause. You don't, you know, that I don't sounds even good, think you an asshole saying it.
0: I think if you're corporate media, I don't even think you have to spin it that way. Like, you lost everybody, everybody at this point.
1: It's very nihilistic.
0: No, but everybody at this point, all around the world. I would say is at least two degrees of separation away from somebody who's died from this virus. Like I know you, you had your cousin that you were really close to that died. I didn't know your cousin. A lot of my family did
1: because David,
0: absolutely. So as we know, all
1: caps, you put all caps when you say that man's name.
0: Um, so I'm two degrees of separation. My 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 good buddy Roger, his his father passed away from COVID. Now, granted, he was in his late 80s and in a nursing home, but still, like that's he could st- easily still be here today if COVID were not a thing. So it's not like so. So when people go, oh my god, you trivialize the the deaths when you say things like that. Like fuck you. Like every single one of us n- at least knows somebody who knows somebody who has died from this virus. Do you think that's yeah. fair? I think that's fair. At this point, yeah. I'm fortunate enough to where at you this just point know
1: somebody that knows somebody.
0: Right. I nobody directly, uh, but I know at least three people that have had somebody close to them die. You, my buddy Roger, and and another buddy of mine, uh, Derek from back in the day. Yeah, I know um, a lot of had somebody a lot, close a to a lot of
1: people who had uh someone close to them die. But my cousin was the first one that hit like <laughs> had me shook and devastated, you know.
0: And that's the point, is like like don't, don't tell me that I don't know and don't tell other people that they don't know, but at the same time, don't politicize it to the point where, Oh my God, you don't know what you're talking about. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. This is coming from somebody who's vaccinated. Granted, my antibodies are probably trash because I was vaccinated back in January, but why can't there be other things? Right. Now you have Greece planning on finding people 60 plus for not getting vaccinated, Corey. That was something you were interested in.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's so I actually have a really weird take on this. Okay. Uh, so Greece now wants to find... Yeah, Greece. Not Greece is the Grease you find under your stove. Greece as in the country. Is that how it
0: sounded when I said it?
1: <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> we first said Greece. We was what, he's talking about Greece. Those, 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 <laughs> those greasy fucks. <laughs> we're talking about Chris Cuomo he's Italian
0: we'll get into that
1: Uh, so Greece wants to find people 16 and older who refuse the vaccine so now here's why me uh, someone who's actually against mandates thinks that that might actually be okay in their country because they have a nationalized healthcare system and the 16 and older are the biggest burden on that healthcare system so, when you have a national healthcare system, is that healthcare system allowed to impose things like, I guess you'd call it almost like a hazard tax on its patients who might ultimately be the biggest burden on their system?
0: Well, it depends. So, they're not paying for this vaccine, they just have to go get it.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. They're not paying for it. They just have to get it.
0: Hmm. See, it's interesting. I think as Americans, we would say, fuck that.
1: Right. But we have a different healthcare system.
0: That's true. And I'm sitting here going, I'm doing the Jimmy door thing about how we need to give everybody healthcare instead of giving everybody vaccines. So like, this is really tough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I don't know. I, I would say, boy, that's difficult. Is this our red pill, blue pill? It's extremely nuanced. No, because I don't think, the, no, because it doesn't have to deal with, doesn't have to deal with Americans. Uh, I would still say that it's probably not cool. That you, that you're like, like when you, because when you're talking about a democracy, I mean, because that's, that's, you could argue that that's pretty autocratic.
1: That is really man. That somebody
0: get a medical procedure of any kind. That's pretty autocratic. So I'm, I'm with the sixty year olds. They shouldn't have to go do it.
1: That don't want to. They shouldn't have. That's fair. That's fair. I think that uh, when you're in a governmental system with a nationalized healthcare system one of the downfalls is when there's monopoly on your healthcare system and they, what they say kind of goes right.
0: Well, I guess that means we just shouldn't have public healthcare, Corey. <laughs>
1: it's slippery slope. Kind of, it, yeah. And there's a slippery slope with national healthcare. Well, I think the free market can fix our healthcare system if the government took its hands off of it. So I guess that's why I think that, but yeah, uh, in a nationalized healthcare system, one of the downfalls would be that they get the chance to uh, really implement what they want without anyone really having a say. But it was just—it was interesting to me that it's like, well, you know, it is a nationalized healthcare system. They all get free healthcare from the government. So if the government says, "Well, we're going to fine you if this happens," then. You have to follow what the government says. Unfortunately, that's what you put in place. Now, the argument of whether or not that that should be put in place in America is almost a separate argument, but in their country, I kind of understand where they're coming from.
0: Don't worry. We'll just, we'll just, uh, stage a coup. <laughs> coup. send a couple
1: thousand to the Capitol and then call it's it a win.
0: It's too much of a, of a leftist policy. Uh, <laughs> Okay, Gisling I have another one though. Go ahead. Wait, well go Maxwell. Gisling. Uh
1: We have another. Court A-I-Z-Z. Uh, a man who shot at cops in unrest over Floyd death is acquitted. Shot at Jaleel cops. Jaleel Stallings. Yeah, Jaleel Stallings argued self-defense during his jury July trial, testifying that he fired at white van after he was struck in the chest with what turned out to be a non-lethal rubber bullet fired by. So he was at the protest and the police shot him with a bullet and he shot back. And so he testified that uh, it was self-defense and he got he he got acquitted. So this is just another story of us recently. We're talking about people shooting in self-defense and being acquitted, that there's a bunch of cases of these happening all the time. And this is one in the mix with the Rittenhouse thing. But when we talk about how the media... Decides to fix it on one and not the other because it's sensationalized, and they know that it'll cause a little bit of unrest. They decide to run with it, but yeah, this man Jaleel Stallings uh, shot at cops, and he got off on self-defense because nobody knows about right it, man. and nobody knows about it. Jaleel Stallings, look it up. He shot at cops because they shot at him, and they hit him in the chest with a rubber bullet. He got he thought he got shot and started to, to spraying rounds back at him in American fashion. And, it is uh, interesting
0: to me that uh the sensationalized stories that are made racial, like the Rittenhouse trial. It's super interesting to me that it's this need to I don't know how to word this. It's 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 super interesting to me that, that the sensationalized trials at this point, when it comes to uh, shootings and self-defense and whatever it is, all have to do with a white defendant. Like it's—it's it's just interesting to me that like you're taking, you're 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 making the white defendants the point for your uh, argument, racial motive and your racial argument when there are plenty yeah. of opportunities to do that. Like we should
1: be celebrating this is what exactly. I'm saying. You know what I mean? Another That's the
0: thing you got t- I, I really to turn negative. I just really wanted to be careful with my words there because I, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's so much more important to uh, do away with the racial injustices, but it, it almost seems like you're just like so many of these sensationalized stories are, are being distracted with, trying to put white people away for doing things as opposed to trying to get black people off for the things that they should be getting off for. Does that
1: make sense? Yes, exactly. Like we should be like, it kind of falls under oh man, I just had a really good example and I lost it. Oh, um, oh shit. I had it again and then I lost it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's, uh, like, it's just, why is it, we're why so is it so fixated on Like, why aren't we excited, you know, why aren't we happy that, you know, Andrew Coffey also got the same type of justice that a white man got? Why aren't we happy that Jaleel Stalin's got the same justice that a white man got? Um, another one, for example, is Elijah McClain, the autistic black guy who was uh, tackled by police and just doped up with ketamine to the point that it put him into cardiac arrest. Now, not only the cops, but the paramedics involved with the McLean death are charged with homicide. And it's like, it goes to, okay, this is what I was going to say. It almost goes to, like, the homeless issue in California to where people are are making more money on screaming about these unjustified issues instead of being happy that the justified issues are happening. And that, like, for example, Elijah McLean, even though... you know he was an autistic kid was killed by police there is justice being served Jaleel Stallings there is justice being served uh, Ahmaud Aubrey, there is justice being served we should be really happy that all of these protests and all these things that we got on the street and fucking raised hell for are creating an impact on our justice system but if we fix it then people can't do the sensationalized media to make money on it anymore If we fix the homeless problem in California, then the people that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars maintaining those camps can't make money anymore. There's so much money in divisiveness and injustice that we're caught up in almost perpetuating it versus being excited about the actual progress that is happening. By these three cases that have come out within the same days of Kyle Rittenhouse.
0: Yeah, and don't and don't you think that like the it's McLean almost, story and, and, and the and the and the and the Andrew Coffee story, like don't you think that if those were more mainstream stories, and, and we could focus on like the more positive aspects of you know the black community getting their justice as happening. they should as there should rather than just focusing on like making sure we put this white kid away for shooting other white people by the way
1: when uh, he's setting a precedent that will help black people
0: a hundred percent yeah ex- absolutely absolutely like i it i have to be careful with my words because i'm and a white too, guy and and I, I, on great, I, I know what i'm going to be accused of because i'm a white guy it's like oh that's really easy for you to say you know your white privilege is showing but it's like no, i'm just I'm just looking at this thing objectively. Like, I am a lot more in support of uh, uh, bringing out the stories that that actually help marginalized groups as opposed to stories that shove down white people. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't have privilege, right? I've always admitted the fact that I have, I I have an easier life simply
1: because I was born white.
0: I can totally admit that I I can too. I have no issue with
1: that, but was my life hard? Sure. Did I grow up poor? Sure. But the color of my skin was not a factor in my lifestyle that I grew up definitely helped. So what's more important
0: to you as a person that's listening to this show or, or watching corporate media? Is it more important for you to like smash down the white man and maybe we deserve it. I don't, I don't know. I don't really give a shit, but to me, the, the the bigger point is to 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 raise up these marginalized groups that so many of these uh, woke blue checkmark brigade people claim to care about. But when but then again, but then all they're focused on is just like let's just make sure we beat like like. Would you rather beat somebody down to your level?
1: Or, quote fight on, for or would you rather up to the highest level?
0: Or would you rather climb the ladder and reach that level? Right. And, I don't know and, if that just sounded racist. Obviously, I didn't mean for it to, but I like No, you
1: did it. And there would there would be it would probably be a white person. That says it. Yeah. <laughs> but like and I was just that's why I was really trying to interject and say that like yes, there is a lot of work that still has to be done, but we're seeing progress and a win is a win and these things are setting precedents for minority communities.
0: And positivity, like the positive stories about the coffees and, and and the like sorry they're all skipping my brain as I'm talking here but like those positive stories are, are going to do so much more for equality than the negative stories or the negative perceived stories about people like Kyle Rittenhouse.
1: Yeah because it, it goes to that monologue that I said a couple of days ago when we talk about people who are on the cusp of almost admitting that oh hey you know maybe my skin does this maybe my skin does give me an advantage when you just get beat down, you get bitter, and then we don't understand. Like, why can't you just admit that you're white and it's a sin? It's like, well, I mean, yeah. like, how many because times do I have name, to admit it?
0: You know, you just you 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 get you, you know you get tired of being blamed. And look, I'm not going to sit here and act like I've been one of those people that people have pointed at and gone, "It's your fault," you know, directly. I'm because I, 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 I don't take this. Mean, this here's the thing, Corey's like, I don't take that shit personally. Like, me
1: neither. This is how I put it. I understand so.
0: where it comes from.
1: So when this is how I put it when I try to put it to people when we talk about this whole thing when they talk about white people being racist, okay? It's like being on a plane. If you're sitting on a plane and the captain comes out and goes, "Okay, everyone who doesn't have a ticket on this plane needs to needs to get off the plane, right?" And if you're sitting there with your ticket, you got your headphones in, you're ready for the plane to take off. You're not going to jump up and go, "Oh no, look at me. I have my ticket." I have my ticket. You know that they're not fucking talking to you. Like you're just going to sit there with your headphones on and keep your head down and be like, All right, well, I hope these fucking assholes get off the plane so we can take off. Why are you going to make us think about it when they're not talking about you? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how I feel when people talk about white people being racist because I know I'm not racist. Right. I don't need to say that to make myself sleep better at night. I know fundamentally to my core... I'm not racist. I don't need to make a Facebook post to make anybody feel better.
0: So so Corey, why do you think there are so many white people out there that have to that have to throw that flag up? That have to I throw that flag guilt. up and say I think I'm not personal guilt.
1: Because when you do when all it's with the fact of the idea that all of a sudden white people did do a lot of really shitty things, you feel like you're accompanying to them based on the color of your skin. So you're like you try to jump out to make yourself a uh, not the target by preemptively striking and saying, well, that's not me, that's not me, when it's like, I don't know if you necessarily have to.
0: And I honestly get, I've always gotten the idea from people that do that, that that, that throw that flag up, that ally flag, I've always gotten the idea, at least from, you know, the the circles that i uh am in which are incredibly diverse i've always gotten the idea from the people that don't share my skin color in my circle i've always gotten the idea from them that they think that when people do that they just roll their eyes yeah you know they they go like like i don't like they they almost go like i don't give a shit like like they look at me and they go like you're my boy like we're friends like you're my brother i'll do anything for you and I, I don't need you to throw then, a no, flag i don't need you to throw a flag up for me that says
1: oh my god i'm an ally i right. have a
0: black, black lives, lives
1: fla- have yeah. a black lives flatter up black lives uh, matter black flag from your house that's pretty good black lives matter but never have a black person in your house <laughs> like that kind of person yeah, yeah or- exactly yeah and it does it kills me it kills me when i say that's why like i feel like i'm comfortable in saying this stuff because like i know that i'm not racist and if I really had to and try to really prove it, I could have dozens of black people behind me going, yeah, he's not racist. But I don't need that to even prove that. I'm not going to ask my black family members to stand up for me and say that he's not racist because I know that I'm not racist. Yeah. That's fair. And it does. It kills me that black people, that, that I'm not sorry, not black people, but white people are vilifying their own people. Based on not trying to solve the problem as evidence of attacking someone like Kyle Rittenhouse, and they're, but instead, or the, instead of like bringing up like real progress, like we're talking about, they vilify their own for some weird moral justice high ground. Yeah,
0: to satisfy it's-
1: their own qualms and their own what I guess would be maybe shortcomings. I don't know. I'm not a here to analyze everyone but it's like you have your own demons so that you have to fight to the point where you have to go out scream from the rooftops flag. yeah of people don't care about a fucking allied flag. they just want to be left alone and be treated like everyone else they don't want to be treated like a special thing they don't need white people coming in and being like oh don't worry i'm here for you i hear you and i see you see you they're like i don't give a fuck if you hear me and you see me just leave me the fuck alone
0: yeah, if and, and here's the thing, and I, and I can almost guarantee you that any black person listening to this will agree with me. Black folks don't like to be treated like fucking victims.
1: No, they don't. They don't like They're to be, be let like the fuck victims. alone. They, yeah, they want it so they don't yeah. have to have special conversations with their kids about how to interact with police. They want to be able to just, all right, son, go out and have fun like we do. That's, uh, That's all they want, you know what I mean? There's
0: like, something about black culture that I know well, which is that. They don't want to be treated like victims.
1: No, they just want the same fair shake that we all get. Yeah. So the media, in other words, words, stop watching corporate media. Yeah. They just turn it (laughs) inside out on them.
0: How about just Lane Maxwell, Corey Walsh? It's underway. A trial is underway. What's your, what's your take on this? uh, As, as, as we, uh, as we open this trial.
1: Well, hopefully a lot of juicy stuff comes out, but it's not going to be for her it's going to be from the testimonials from like the different victims and stuff. And some of it's kind of juicy. Like they're talking about, uh, like they have housekeepers and stuff and they're talking to, uh, the victims and stuff. And this girl was definitely a part of a whole network of just trafficking young women, young women. And it's pretty gross.
0: Yeah, allegations of, of of her being the one that grooms the young women, which makes
1: complete sense. Being right? involved in threesomes with Epstein. Yeah, you're gonna you're
0: gonna trust like if you're a young girl, right? You're gonna trust a woman before you're gonna trust a creepy old man right. uh like Mr. Epstein. My take on this is pretty simple. A the corporate media is not covering it enough, but that just remains to we'll talk about that more that's in, because in a, a lot of
1: the corporate media is involved. You know, we're talking about elites, politicians.
0: Oh, get that tinfoil hat out, Corey Walsh. No. Uh, <laughs> here's we'll here's my take logs. We're we're, we're we are, Gates. We are not <laughs> going to get... And to, to speak to exactly what you just said, we are not going to get out of this what we think we want. Because no. this trial is about Ghislaine Maxwell, and that's all it's about. Like, we're not going to... Like, I, I really don't think we're going to get names we're not going to get some list you know we're not going to get like uh, you know th- th- this this corporate uh, cabal of you know uh, leftists that uh you know like to rape kids yeah there's
1: going to be no follow up They're just going to say the shit that they're going to say in court use that as evidence against her personally probably lock her away i'm surprised she hasn't been suicided yet and then that's going to be it the way the media like mean, now at the same time though for some reason, federal court does have some dumb law that they're not allowed to televise the event Mm -hmm. like state uh, courtrooms are. So they're not purposely, they're not intentionally, or they're not, yeah, they're not intentionally not, I know it's a double negative, but they're not intentionally not broadcasting this court case it's dumb laws that have already been put in place years ago that aren't letting that happen, but yeah, it's it's she's gonna get put away probably, and then that's gonna be it. It's gonna, that's gonna be the the chapter of this is all gonna close, and all of these corporate media people that are involved in a sex trafficking ring are gonna get a pass. And Jeffrey and Epstein am not the kind of kill himself.
0: I don't. Yeah. Well, that that we already know. But I'm also not the kind of person that wants to go because you know what's funny is like even this is politicized. Like even Ep, even uh, Epstein's death was politicized. It was the Clintons that did it, Corey. Or I think it, it was, was the Trumps. It was the Trumps that did it, Corey. Yeah, it and Trump. it's like it's like so we're never gonna know, and it's always gonna be overly politicized. It's always gonna be. It was it was, you know, it was the the cabal of democrats that were raping kids at a pizza place. It's going to be those <laughs> it's going to be that versus you know, uh the 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 trumps and the in the bushes of the world that uh, that killed Epstein. And maybe Ghislaine Max Maxwell will get suicided at some point, maybe after her conviction, who knows. But don't expect anything. Don't expect what you want out of this trial. Is all I'm saying.
1: Right. Hey, don't get your hopes up. This one, as much smoke as it's getting right now, is about as much smoke as it's going to get until the end of it.
0: You want to touch on Chris Cuomo real quick before we uh, end this? Hey, another Italian! in this disaster of a show. That's enough. Put down
1: the mic. (laughs) Both Cuomo is just done for.
0: Chris Cuomo uh, indefinitely suspended at CNN. And to me, what that means essentially is that he's fired. He's not coming back right there's no way they can give him his job back at this point and th- the interesting thing about this to me is that it's probably the most high profile case of what i've called the woke snake beginning to eat its own tail um again for people that are just tuning in i consider myself a leftist but i don't subscribe to the woke bullshit and i never will um Because Chris Cuomo is a part of a, uh, or was, I guess technically still is, a part of a corporate news network that wants to spew woke shit, wants to make everything uh, racial and culture war based, wants to talk about how uh, they care about uh, transgender rights and wants to talk about how they care about women's rights. Uh and yet, Chris Cuomo has been busted through various text messages and emails uh using his contacts as a media person to help his brother Andrew Cuomo get out of a uh a sexual harassment
1: oh yeah it, uh, yeah, you remember uh one of the people for the times up like one of the head of the times up uh campaign like uh resigned through all of this there was uh one of the me too people resigned a bunch of people resigned with the, uh, because of these Cuomos yeah yeah because they were all helping them they also saw- who were part of organizations that were talking about trying to find like trying to uh find justice for women who were sexually assaulted the leaders in these groups were helping the Cuomos yeah because you have to (laughs) you have to
0: save face it all came down to cnn it all came back down to 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 chris cuomo and it's it's just proof that what the corporate media is selling you they don't even believe it it's phony it's always been phony and 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 if, if if you think i'm just making an accusation about what you would consider the leftist corporate media it's not leftist at all but okay uh do you not remember bill o'reilly right bill o'reilly a guy who works for a conservative network worked for his conservative network in fox news was fired for sexual harassment allegations conservatives aren't supposed to be into that they're supposed to be very very wholesome they're supposed to be wholesome and they're supposed to love jesus and they're not supposed to touch any women except the woman that they eventually marry that's just what call them, I love
1: it, right? <laughs> okay pence
0: <laughs> so it's a, it's a it's a joke. This isn't it's it's not just about Cuomo. It's it, it they're both they're they're all guilty of this bullshit. I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna be surprised if, if four years from now we hear that Rachel Maddow was grabbing snatch on the uh, uh, <laughs> on the on the MSNBC set. Well, will will, will will that make a difference because she's a woman who happens to be a lesbian? I don't know. It doesn't matter. All I know is. That these <laughs> corporate media stooges don't give a fuck about you and stop pretending that they do. Right. They don't give a fuck about what they're selling you either. Shall we go back to the discussion about Afghanistan?
1: This picture and Rachel Maddow walking around with her fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's probably a nice woman. She probably
0: didn't do any such thing, but she like, did you corporate imagine?
1: Sellout. She's too smart 100%. for what she's doing.
0: You know what pisses me off about Rachel Maddow? I don't know if I've said this on this show before. But the thing that pisses me off about Rachel Maddow is she's way too fucking smart for that shit.
1: Yeah, that's what, that's exactly what I just w- said. She's way too smart to be this. You know, like Matt Taibbi in the book, Hate Inc., he talks about how he knew her before what she was that everyone knows her as. Mm-hmm. And the conversations she would have are like literally with the conversations that we have. And then she just sold out. For uh, just the money Became a corporate shill And she's way too smart for her That's why she pisses me off That's why I like her talk about her As an example of the left Of like a leftist sellout Is her 100% And it's because she's not a dumbass That just has a guttural chin That just shakes reading a teleprompter Like Sean Hannity
0: Liberal sellout Corey Don't confuse it Liberals and leftists are not the same
1: Yeah she's a liberal sellout I would like, you know, it'd be interesting to see her get corporatized, cut, and have her own podcast and see where she goes with that. Like, it'd be the one of the best goddamn things. A voice like hers with the name recognition if she was able to go out and, like, go back to her roots and actually really talk about this shit. My opinion of her would change 100%. But at this moment, she's just a corporate sellout.
0: It's a bummer. She's like a, the Young she's Turks. Just
1: like the Young Turks.
0: She was once, she was once an actual leftist she's not anymore
1: her defender her followers will defend her till the day she dies
0: and those are the that's the audience she she, she should get rid of and bring back audiences like you and I
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i bet you she still it burns her but the money is just too good
0: oh man i don't know it's tough it's tough to know i i can't get into her head i don't know I don't know. We're like an hour. You think she
1: just out grabbing snatch. So (laughs) I was just trying to make a point. (laughs) I was just trying to make a point. Rachel Maddow out there making all the women wear skirts to work.
0: Wouldn't that be an interesting scandal though? Is like if like a high profile lesbian or even a gay man
1: or even, or even a high profile straight woman.
0: I guess that's true, yeah. Like, yeah, because it's really only straight <laughs> men, right?
1: Like, like in the office, Jan always hitting on the young interns and grooming them and
0: shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, so it I, I
0: talk about this with my buddies all the time. Like the double it goes standards. all the way
1: back to Cleopatra. Remember, Cleopatra had a bunch of lovers.
0: Yeah, including the Caesars and Mark Antony, and yeah, <laughs> uh, not the singer, not the one J Lo banged, but. The original Mark Anthony, uh, <laughs> I, no, but I have actually had this conversation with my buddies all the time about the double standards of like, uh, like when we would talk about like teachers banging students. Like, if you hear about like a sixteen-year-old f- boy that had sex with like his forty-five-year-old hot teacher, everybody's like,
1: "Well done, secretly, well done. yeah, well done." The teacher still verse- gets nailed. But, but, reverse,
0: but reverse the, reverse the genders. A 16-year-old and year old girl had,
1: and a 40-year-old hot teacher, male teacher.
0: Yeah, that dude's getting shot. Yeah. Is it a legitimate double standard? Maybe it... Maybe it... I don't know. All I know is I had teachers when I was 15 that I would have absolutely loved to snuck into the janitor's closet with. Two of them. I won't name their names, but I had two of them. And had that happened, would I be... Uh, would i be traumatized today i really don't think so but that's just me speaking for myself I'm just speaking for me
1: i'm just speaking for me thanks for uh sharing your your bedroom <laughs> antics your fantasies i was hey i was a horny kid what do you want i think we all were
0: you didn't have any hot teachers Corey?
1: oh i had hot teachers
0: 100 you have been traumatized had you had a sexual experience with them
1: no, I'd have been the kid that got her busted because I told all my friends.
0: <laughs> As I'm saying, it's an actual yeah. double standard. It's a real double standard. It really standard.
1: is. And yeah, and I guess that goes to just the way that men and women are wired. Like, if you really think about it, we talk about like white girl syndrome. Our women are, it's it's hardwired in our brains that uh, we protect our women. You know, like we're a hunter, they, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's years and years and years and millions of years of an evolutionary. Hardwiring that like we protect the girls as men we protect the girls so if another man that's not very feminist of you cory it's well i mean women abs- absolutely play an important role <laughs> in like what we do in our lives and day to day and i'm not trying to say that men are different but like it's just it's it doesn't matter what like the social construct of what we have today or like what we say that double standard is just evidence of just the evolutionary hardwiring that we've had.
0: Patriarchy, patriarchy, patriarchy. Anyway, you know, we got to end this yeah, podcast.
1: Yeah, fuck the patriarchy. I don't give a shit about the patriarchy. <laughs> it's about the, the evolutionary hardwiring that we have.
0: Anyway. Anyway,
1: that's our a whole other up, topic.
0: Our hearts still go out to Oxford. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll we give need, those we names. Need, we really need to figure again. this
1: out and it's going to be a tough battle to do it. Tate mirror,
0: Hannah St. Juliana Justin Schilling Madison Baldwin and all those wounded uh, I'll raise another uh, raise another drink to y'all
1: finish this drink off huh?
0: we're with you we're only a half an hour away uh, tweet at us at LibservativePod Instagram is also LibservativePod correct Corey? Yep
1: LibservativePod on Instagram and Twitter uh, our Facebook page is Libservative our uh, blog is libservative.wordpress.com, libservative at libservativepod at gmail.com. Uh, like, follow, and share. Tell a friend. You know, if you like the show, you probably know someone that will too. Share. With them. We hope we try to just be a breath of fresh air and just have real conversations about things.
0: Just trying to be real. If we uh, if we offend you, let us know.
1: I, get, I know, and I get conversation. So- yeah, you could say let us know. I could also say fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I if, if someone offends us like if we just write a, by a phrase or a thing No, we like to talk about past, it. Then, Yeah, I want to talk about it. We can elaborate on it. We obviously as evidenced by us going back to one of our listeners being concerned about one of our topics, we elaborated on it a little bit more and hopefully it'll give more perspective to them as well.
0: Yep, not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. All right.
1: No, I just see. This know, has like, it's like, it's like ripping a bandaid off really hard sometimes. When they show me, bring a fresh perspective to something other than what like the mainstream media is just pushing down your throat.
0: And we and it's there's an honesty to it, and I think that's what matters. Yeah, sometimes we're when you're place. sometimes when you're honest, you say things that are going to upset people. Yeah, you don't mean it, to do it, happens. but that's the case, and that's what it is. It You've been happens. listening to
1: He's been Corey Walsh. And he's been Dan Griffin. This has
0: been Libservative. And we are out of here. Peace.